Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Oh, yesterday was a big day in fantasy baseball. We had a lot of really interesting starting pitching performances. You know, Scott and Chris, I traded Ross Stripling, not straight up, but in a deal for Noah Syndergaard. Starting to wonder, did I give up the best player in the deal? Oh, please, Adam, please. <laughs> did you also please. give up, like, Justin Verlander or something? No, Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero. You might have given up the best player I in the deal. I may have. Then. Yeah, well, <laughs> but next year anyway. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll talk. We have an update <laughs> on Vlad. We have a uh, reaction to Ross Stripling. We're going to talk about Dallas Keuchel's terrible start. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez's very good start. Fernando Romero. I am going to do something disgusting on the show, so get ready for that, and here we go. I think we should start by welcoming, by being a welcoming podcast, right? Should we welcome back Ma- Madison Bumgarner? Of course. All right. This is, this is I thought you were going to play the Welcome Back Cotter music again. You mean this? Welcome back. Oh, I nailed it! Your dreams were your dreams. You got it right this time. I nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> so what, I, you just have, like... The song playing on mute in the background, and you you just cross your fingers and hope that when you turn up the volume, it's going to be in the right spot. No, I, I pause it at eight seconds. Uh, now I figured out eight seconds is the part where they start saying "Welcome back." <laughs> so you just guessed, you just guessed when it was. No, yesterday we did this song for Grade the Trade since it's a teacher show. Oh, okay. And I sing these inside jokes. You are. I see. Well, Adam, I'm, I'm out of the loop. A few more, a few more hits, and you might have a better batting average than Joey Gallo. I bye. <laughs> and we welcome Scott White back because he was not on the show yesterday. But Madison Bumgarner. Oh, three strikeouts? Uh, ten swinging strikes and 82 pitches. Not bad. Uh, just you look at what he did after the shoulder injury last year. He had a 343 ERA when he came back from the DL. He gave up 15 homers in 84 innings. And he had a 10% swinging strike rate. So not exactly Madison Bumgarner. However... It was basically two terrible starts that boosted his ERA. His first nine starts off the DL, a 278 ERA looked a lot better. Uh, anyway, six innings, two runs on eight hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Where, Scott White, do you have Madison Bumgarner ranked rest of season? Even before he took the mound yesterday, I moved him into my top 12 at starting pitcher. I have... I have a few concerns about him, and there's nothing there's nothing from this start that would raise an alarm for me. Obviously, it could have been more dominant. It wasn't the most dominant we've ever seen Madison Bumgarner, but on its own, there was nothing to be concerned about. Okay, so basically you just want to see a little bit more before you move him top eight or so. You know, He, he probably would have been fifth off the board or, or something like that uh, before the injury, after the big well, year. Yeah, right? yeah. Chris? A couple of people have probably passed him, right? Like, it's not like, it, I'm not necessarily like concerned about Bumgarner as much as it's just like, I don't know if I would put him over Verlander and Severino and maybe and, Garrett Cole, even Garrett with. Cole, yep. Yep. And, those, and so DeGrom. I, I would say DeGrom's yeah, there too. The yeah. highest I might be able to put him if I did rankings would be like ninth. Right. All right. Well, that's not so yeah, bad. That's right. That's right. He's ninth, good. Ninth is probably the, 
And who do I have in between him and uh uh Kershaw is eight, and then Strasburg, Syndergaard, and Granky. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Ninth looks like the upside for Bumgarner. Unless somebody in the top eight gets hurt. Okay. And that is not so bad. I have to correct something we said on the show yesterday. I said on the show yesterday. Boy, am I embarrassed. Uh, the band that sings, Baby Come Back. That's the song, right? That's what we were talking about. Baby Come Back. Yeah. Uh, that is, that is a song, a band called Player, not No Mercy. So you can blame it all on me. I was wrong. Get it? That's a lyric from the song. All right, it's player. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of tweets. We got an email. I got a text about it. So I just wanted to set that straight. It is time for a new game called Leaderboard Trivia. I'm going to ask you a question. You are going to answer it. We're going to talk about that player. Leaderboard kind of like trivia. The fantasy feud, except not as fun. Uh, it's like the fantasy feud with one answer. Okay. So the number one answer. It's the it's the bullseye round. Exactly. I want you to give yeah. the listeners a few seconds to think of it on their own in case you know it immediately. But leaderboard trivia begins with this question. Who leads baseball in losses? Like the player? Pitcher losses. Uh, well, that's Jose, a, that's a stat I just ignore. Jose Arrania? Ooh, yeah. That's, that's a good guess. It's probably not him because I feel like we wouldn't be devoting any time to Jose Arrania leading the, the <laughs> league in losses, so it's someone else. He did just get his first win yesterday. Jacob deGrom. I'll, yeah, no, it's not Jacob deGrom. I'll tell you what. Uh, there are five starting pitchers with seven losses. They all play for the Marlins, the Orioles, and the Reds. There is one that's pitcher, right. there is one pitcher with eight losses, and he plays on a team that was in the World Series last year. Whoa. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I see it. Ooh, this is fun. So the Dodgers? You no. idiots, it's, that was Keiko. I know, I got it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I figured it out. Okay, you, you were, you were free to say it at that point. Uh, Dallas Keiko. Man, 12 home runs. Idiots. Yeah, idiots. Uh, he is now. <laughs> Says a, the guy who got player wrong. <laughs> A 4-13 ERA for Dallas Keuchel. He gave up seven runs in six and two-thirds. He gave up six of those runs in the first two innings. All right, who's concerned about Dallas Keuchel, the MLB leader in losses? I'm not concerned about the losses. Yeah. Um, But I am concerned that he's not good Dallas Keuchel this year. The ground ball rate is not the otherworldly rate we're used to seeing from him. It's still very high, but he's usually, you know, in a tier to himself. The swinging strike rate is way down. Not to the point that it's nothing we've ever seen from Keiko before, but it's definitely on the lower end. And like you said, the home runs are unusually high for him this year. So I I mean, I think he's a fine innings eater on a good team in the long run that's probably going to lead to, uh, like from today forward, a good number of wins. But He's at risk of dropping outside of my top 20. Why is he throwing his cutter so much? He's throwing it 20% of the time, which is double what he was last year. He's never thrown it this often. I haven't seen any explanation for it. Um, it hasn't been a particularly effective pitch for him mm. in his career, so I'm not entirely sure... Don Cooper, the Astros pitching coach now? Uh, maybe. I, that... they, they need to They need to dig up some data on Keiko. Yeah, that... they've got Cole figured out, Verlander, all of them. Well, Keiko thinks he's tipping his pitches. That's one of his uh his theories. Just four starts ago, Keiko had a three ten ERA and he looked 
and he looked like Keiko. In fact, I think we said that. Like he had four starts in a row of seven or more innings. He just he looked like he had bounced back uh, from a bit of a mm-hmm. slow start, and now it's been four pretty disappointing starts in a row. One of them was good at Cleveland, but uh, you know the whips on your or uh, unusually high. Excuse me. Would you rather have um, Dallas Keiko? Or uh, well, let me take take a look at the rankings. That's a smart question. Or Shohei Otani. That's an interesting one. Otani for sure. I'd rather have Otani and Roto head to head. I think I'd still prefer Keiko. Okay. Just because you know, so, never going to get the two star week from Otani, and I think like he has a three seventy six ERA since twenty sixteen. Since the start of twenty sixteen, he has a three eighty five FIP and. Sierra's right in that range. The Sierra's right around 3-8 this season. I just think that's probably who he is. Oh, and wow. But that, I, see, uh, yeah, see, I, that's I where... don't think that's terrible. Like, in the position he's in and the innings he pitches in an era when nobody pitches his innings. And, and when I say innings he pitches, because I know he's had some injuries, the totals don't look great. But, I mean, on a start-by-start basis. I mean, this is where Chris and I just don't agree. Because, I, you know... It's like with the argument you had about Greg Bird yesterday, looking at his career OPS, and same thing with Dallas Keuchel. If you remove when the guys were obviously playing with injuries, which was the just, entire 2016 season for Dallas Keuchel. I, I'm not saying you're skill, wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. The, it's just the where, skill-based indicators don't suggest that there was a giant difference between 2016 and 2017. A lot of fewer ground balls. Sure, but the FIP in 2016 was 387. It was 379 yeah, last FIP. year. The Sierra he, he was 377. Not, three. FIP that's, does not that's a, not, apply to Dallas Keuchel. FIP does not that's apply not to Dallas Keuchel. Sure. That's not true. <laughs> well, it's like, obviously not true. Career, his FIP and his ERA are like .12 apart. Like, that's pretty normal. We actually, like, we have a not really any seasons where he's dramatically outperformed his FIP except for last year. But he's, yeah, he's just better than his peripherals. That's kind of what I'm saying. When he's right. All right, whatever. We, this conversation's gone on too long. Who leads, back to leaderboard trivia, who leads MLB in doubles? Which hitter leads baseball in doubles? It's got to oh. be Ozzy Albies, right? Uh, somebody. No, it's struck not. Struck me as surprising yesterday. Doubles pace he was on. I'm going to say Eduardo. Escobar. Scott White on the board, and we are yeah. tied at one in leaderboard trivia. Eduardo Escobar is—he uh, had a big day yesterday, and he has been so streaky this year, by the way. But he's batting 280 with 11 home runs and 22 doubles in 54 games. Escobar is having a really nice year, continuing a strong September last year when he hit 264 with nine homers, four doubles, and three triples. Terrible plate discipline, though. Uh, anyway, he is the 13th best po- uh, shortstop in points, 10th in Roto. You take his points per game, 13th in points right now. Take his points per game, and give him a full season last year. He's number, th- he's the number three shortstop. Uh, so it just shows you how much better shortstop's been this year. But Escobar is having a nice year. He leads baseball in doubles. Does anybody buy it from Eduardo Escobar, who's 82%? You know, you project out those home runs and doubles. That's a 31 homer, 65 double season. <laughs> no. Uh, we've been marveling about uh, Jose Ramirez's hundred extra base hit pace. Eduardo well, Escobar's not far behind. Um, why don't you uh, why, why don't you tell the people about what you wrote? Yeah, he was in that column, right? Uh, H- Jose Ramirez was. No, no, Eduardo Escobar was in that column. No, he wasn't. On... He wasn't in that column. I thought he, he was. was not. 
Yeah, but basically what I looked at the last 365 days for some hot, for some players whose numbers this year, uh, may appear to be unsustainable at first glance. And over the last calendar year, not the traditional endpoints we use, which is, you know, usually April through October, a, an individual season, but the same length of time, a calendar year. Um, guys like Jose Ramirez, JD Martinez, Scooter Jeanette, they look totally legit based on that criteria. It'd be interesting to do that with Escobar. I, because so he I'm did it doing that right now. So strong. Yeah, yeah, it, it was just right September. Now. He has 28 homers, 80 runs, 93 RBI. 35 doubles over the last 365 days. Right. I was thinking you did Eddie Rosario in that one, and I get them confused. How much of it was <laughs> September for Eduardo Escobar? Because he, he he wasn't doing much before. He had nine home runs, like I said. Nine home runs, four doubles, three triples in September. Um, and, yeah, he's been a roller coaster this year. First uh, first six games, 1068 OPS. Next eight games, 540 OPS. Next 12 games, 1283 OPS. Next 22 games, 517 OPS. He was terrible. But now Escobar on an uh last eight games he's been tearing it up. So uh would right. you rather have Escobar or Didi Gregorius? I'd rather have Didi. Escobar or Dansby Swanson. Escobar. Escobar. Let's see. Who else is he ranked near? Escobar or Zach Cozart? Escobar at this point. Yeah, I should probably move Escobar ahead. All right. How about Trevor Story or, or Eduardo Escobar? Story. Story at home for sure. All right. We've got three more leaderboard trivia questions. This one's a little convoluted, so bear with me. Mike Trout, <laughs> Bryce Harper, and Aaron Judge lead baseball in walks. Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge. There are five hitters who are tied for fourth with 39 walks this year. Four of them are first basemen. Name as many as you can. Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freeman. Yep. Joey, Joey Votto. Nope. Justin Smoke. Paul Goldschmidt. Justin Smoke, correct. Paul Goldschmidt, incorrect. You're incorrect. <laughs> um, I always get to laugh from Brand, you, Adam. Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt, incorrect. Okay. Come on, who's the first baseman who walks a lot? He's not a player, he just walks a lot. <laughs> uh, Rizzo walks a lot. Carlos Santana. Rizzo? Oh, Carlos Santana, yeah. Also... Cesar Hernandez, not a first baseman, and Justin Bohr. Ready? Hmm. Freeman, Justin Bohr, Justin Smoke, Carlos Santana, and Cesar Hernandez are tied for fourth in walks with 39. I was, now, Bohr has walked twice in his last 10 games, uh, but I was pretty surprised to see that. And Justin Smoke. I'm so Justin sick Moore's of- good. Yeah, I'm so sick of Justin Smoke, though. He's, he is oh, ninth Justin Smoke's points. good. He was in that 365 day column, uh, uh. which, you know, he hit 241 in the second half last year. But if you look at his last 365 days, he still yeah. looks like a second-tier first baseman. But if you look at Justin Smoke's entire career, it looks like he's had one good half. Well, right. I, the last 365 days don't include that half, I think the numbers still look good. They I think include. it's more oh, some of it. He's he's good. He doesn't stand out at first base. Like, even over the last 365 days, he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't look like a stud at first base, although no, second team. Okay. Yeah, and second and I think Justin Bohr's probably in the same. Like he didn't homer in his first ten games, but since then he has a nine oh five OPS. Who leads MLB in home runs? I'm gonna give that round to Scott, by the way. Who leads baseball in home runs? <laughs> JD Martinez. That is correct. We're no longer giving the listeners time to think about it. That's fine. 
J.D. Martinez is the number six hitter in points, number three in Roto. Do you think he can lead baseball in home runs this year? Absolutely. Yeah. Last 365 days, I think he's at 55 home runs, and he's on like a 51 homer pace right now. Uh, I may have those two reversed. But the point is, when he's healthy, and it, so far it, look, he's been healthy, uh, playing DH as often as he does probably helps with that. Uh, if he's healthy, he's a he's a 50 homer hitter, I think. Wow, that's it's yeah, amazing awesome. that nobody wanted to sign him this off season. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's yeah. just stupid. All right, JD Martinez is awesome. Uh, I think we may have talked about this last week, but is he a first round pick right now, guys? If you were drafting again, yes, I actually uh, trade chart latest trade chart specifically for head to head points leagues is going to come out today, and he's 12th in that, so he's right. At the first round cutoff. All right, and final one, leaderboard trivia. Chris, you need this one. Who has the? Oh no, you just got that last one. Oh, is this for, the, is this the tiebreaker? Ooh, big. Who has the most saves in baseball without a blown save? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's a tricky one. Most is saves it? in baseball. I mean, I'll give you hints. Is, is it Edwin Diaz? It's not. He has okay. 14 saves, uh-huh. and he pitches in the AL West. Blake Trinan. Nope. Chris for the win. Uh, Three, two, one. Uh, Come uh, on, loser! There, there aren't that many AL Keone West teams. Kella has Keone no blown Ke- Yeah, I was going to say it, but it sounded dumb. <laughs> <laughs> has not blown a save. I mean, I was noticing his numbers look better now, but we're still talking a 4.03 ERA from a closer. Yeah. Uh, that's vast improvement from where it was, like, a month ago. But obviously he just struggles in non-save situations, right? And actually, Keone Kell has given up uh, 10 earned runs this year, and he's given up seven of them in two appearances. So he's actually been pretty steady, just has that inflated ERA of 4.03. Um, yeah, I mean, 14. But you know what my concern is with him? It's like, the, the Rangers really aren't that bad. I know their record probably stinks, but I feel like they've been a, they've been respectable lately. They're going to be bad at some point. Like they're going to be sellers, and I think that's going to really hurt his value. Yeah, I can't imagine. Well, I mean, I I could see him getting sold himself, but not for uh, not to be a closer anywhere. So right, and even if he stays, like you're saying, um, probably hurts the save chances. All right, that was leaderboard trivia. You both lose, but don't worry. I will be the biggest loser uh, coming up later on in the show. We still have to talk about yesterday's standouts, including Ross Stripling and Andrew Heaney, who threw a complete game one-hitter on his birthday. We also have to talk about something I did last night. I cooked a beautiful blue apron meal. It was uh, was burgers with caramelized onions and a really nice salad with some apples, like a mustard Sauce or dressing, rather, it was really, really good. We put dressing on salad, not sauce. Uh, Chris, I hooked <laughs> you up with some free Blue Apron uh, a few. Weeks I had ago. that that same meal. It was delicious, right? Really good. The caramelized onions were oh, really good. Awesome. I was surprised. Awesome. And if you had told me a few years ago, because I've been doing Blue Apron for a few years now, every single week for me, by the way, that I would be able to caramelize onions, I've been like, uh, I don't know how to do that. Would I pour caramel on a bunch of onions? Uh, no. <laughs> Blue Apron uh, is awesome. If you want to learn how to cook or if you just love cooking and you want to start making new things. Chris and I were talking off the air. Maybe the best thing about Blue Apron is 
you know, you wouldn't normally normally eat the types of things that you eat, like chicken tinga tostados with avocado and refried beans and roasted pork and salsa verde with sautéed vegetables. But with Blue Apron, you get all that stuff. It's convenient, gets delivered right to your door. It's very affordable, less than 10 bucks per person per meal. And if you want three free meals, go to blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball, blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. You get 12 recipes that you can choose from every single week, so you won't get tired of it. Uh, different stuff and delicious stuff all the time. BlueApron.com slash fantasy baseball. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Fellas, I've made some cheesy headlines for yesterday's standouts. Let's give it a shot. I got it at Ross. Ross Stripling, five shutout innings with seven strikeouts. He has a 152 ERA and 66 strikeouts and 53 and a third. And I got it at Ross as the department store slogan. Um, yeah, he's Thank good. You. He is good. And I give you credit for this because you were, um, you were excited about him before I was willing to give him the time of day. And he's only gotten better since the longer he's been in the starting role. I was concerned about the lack of swinging strikes, even though the results were good early on, but 15 swinging strikes in this game, and that's three straight where he's been 14 or 15. Wow. So wow. he's, uh, I think he's good, and he's, I think he's the best spark now. And he's got a 364 ERA and 22 career starts, so it's not like it's just this season. He's been effective in the past, and... You know, I'm not exactly sure what he, like, looking into the numbers a little bit that I have, I'm not exactly sure what changes he's made this year uh, that are fueling him, but I think he's clearly good. Well, it's just a question of how good. I believe I oh, heard you know what? I heard on the broadcast, I, sorry, Scott, I heard on the broadcast, uh, not yesterday, two starts ago, that uh, he's just throwing his curveball harder. His pitching coach told him to just, like, let go and throw the curveball as hard as you can, and it's a really, really good pitch for Ross Stripling. I was going to say, I, he's technically not my number one spark. Walker Bueller is, but he's pretty close. Okay. And how about this next cheesy headline? Andrew is the Mandrew. Ugh, God, I feel so dirty saying that. Complete game, <laughs> one hit shutout with only four strikeouts, but 17 swinging strikes for Andrew Heaney, who, like, you don't even have to look at last six starts or whatever. He's got a 312 ERA this year, 19 walks, 58 strikeouts, and 60 and two thirds. Is Andrew Heaney criminally underowned at 66%? Yeah, I think he should be pretty much owned across the board. Um, I don't think he's a low three ZRA. I think he's had a, a little bit of good luck so far. Um, Babip's a little low. Home run to fly ball rate's a little low. He's probably more like a mid to high three ZRA guy, but that still deserves to be pretty much universally owned. Yeah, when it's a strikeout per inning on a good team. Yeah. And six innings per start. You know, they're, they're not, they're not necessarily handling him with kids gloves coming back from Tommy John surgery. So Andrew the Mandrew, Andrew Heaney, would you rather have him or Ross Stripling? I'd rather have Stripling. Okay. Yeah, strip, Stripling and points for sure because of the SPARP eligibility. And not just that, like I, I thought Andrew Heaney was a two-star pitcher next week, but I forget they have a six-man rotation. Yeah. So he's not a two-star pitcher next week. Doesn't just affect Shohei Otani. Right. Uh, would you rather have Andrew Heaney or Ross Stripling or Sean Manaya? Who's your favorite there? Is Manaya with another kind of stinky start? Manaya, Stripling, Heaney. Hmm. Let's see how far apart I have Manaya and Stripling, having just updated them yesterday. Oh, further apart than I thought. I guess I'm going to have to go with Manaya. 
there's really not much to like about Manaya right now. I mean, he's got no, 58 not. strikeouts and 80 and a third, and he's got uh, an ERA around seven. I, I don't have it updated. He had, he has six. His last six starts before last night, it was a 7.18 ERA, and then two runs and five and a third. So whatever. He's been bad since the end of April. Yeah. So basically. Five of his last seven starts, he's allowed four earned runs or more, and six of his last seven starts, he's had four strikeouts or fewer. Neither of those are what you want to see. No. Yeah. And uh, even though it's he's going through, he's gone through kind of a rough patch recently. Still, just a two eighteen Babbitt, which would suggest there's more correction coming. I think I might be talking myself into moving him down even further. I moved him down pretty far yesterday, but. To where? Uh, I have him 16 spots ahead of Stripling still, which seems too, like, too much. All right. Last cheesy headline for me. Hit it far, Anduhar! Ugh. I've used that one before. Oh, nice! That exact same one in the, <laughs> in the spring observations piece. When you enjoyed my cheesy headlines until I yeah. shared them on the air. You basically, you, they were bad. you did it. You set me up. No, you, you inspired the segment, Scott. You understand. Oh, okay. like, you inspired it. Uh, hit it far, Andujar. He hit a grand slam yesterday. And only one week with 20 fantasy points, although he looks like he's on his way to his second. He bats low in the order. His walk-to-strikeout ratio is terrible. Seven walks, 37 strikeouts. But Andujar has 20 doubles, and he started on on April 1st. That was his first game. I'm going to look up now where he ranks since April 1st at third base. Last six games, he's got five doubles, two home runs, and four of his seven walks have come in his last ten games. So that's another encouraging sign. I don't I, I don't know what to make of uh, Miguel Andujar. What do you guys think? I think he's a good hitter. I'm not sure. And th- this was the issue with him coming up as a prospect, I thought, was I'm just not sure where he makes his impact in fantasy. And I, I think I, that's what we're seeing. It's kind of a really weird skill set that, yeah. like, makes it so he doesn't stand out in either format because he hardly ever walks, which hurts his points league value. And his power mostly manifests as doubles, which hurts his roto value. So I think he's decidedly out of the top 15 at third base. But he's usable, especially with good matchups. He's a little Yuli Gurrielli. Yuli Gurrielli. Yeah. Would you rather have Adrian Beltre or Miguel Andujar? Beltre. Yeah, I think so. Like, supposedly Beltre wasn't going to play every day coming off the DL, but he started four or five. Okay. Um, and Duhar is outside the top 15 in points, and I'll update everybody in just a second. Let's move on, though. Any other uh, – on where he is in Roto. Any other standouts you want to talk about from yesterday's games? We should probably talk about Reynaldo Lopez, who had a superficially good start, but – just continues to not be what we want him to be. He's like a fantasy analyst nightmare because you keep warning people, and yet he continues to put out starts like this. And which, like, he he allowed no runs on one hit in seven innings, mm-hmm. which is very good. Yeah. Those but things are good. Four but walks, then the four walks, four, four strikeouts. strikeouts. In seven innings, neither of those is good on their own, and that's what he's been doing all season. And not only that, but he's an extreme fly ball pitcher who pitches half his games at a hitter-friendly park. And every once in a while, he'll have an eight-strikeout game like he did against Texas four starts ago or the ten-strikeout game against Oakland ten starts ago. But in his last nine starts, seven of them have been four or fewer strikeouts. I just 
he is talent. There's enough talent in his arm to make me feel dumb about it. But I, if anybody wants to give you something for Reynaldo Lopez, do it now. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to make some people angry now, I think. Lopez and Lucas Giolito, two elite pitching prospects for the Nationals, the prizes of the Adam Eaton deal. They combined for five strikeouts yesterday in a doubleheader, <laughs> and they've had, they haven't been striking anybody out all year. And I just wonder how long, like, what evidence do we really have that Don Cooper is a good pitching coach? Because he's always had this reputation as one of the game's best pitching coach. And I feel like it all dates back to him making Esteban Loaiza a near Cy Young winner back in 2003. Yeah, and it was all like just, early 2000 stuff. Yeah, and it's like just ridden the wave of that for over a decade. And I feel like uh, I feel like the White Sox should expect more from these two. Lopez yeah, and but, but also like John Danks and Mark Burley, he did pretty well with them. You know, they won the World Series or they lost the World Series. They won it. They lost. They won. They, lo- no, no, they, they won. won it. They won. They swept. Did you see how confidently I said it though? <laughs> yes. <laughs> In my defense, that World Series was during Hurricane Wilma, and I did not get to watch it. Yep, well, I had to listen on the radio. So uh, that's pretty hardcore. Um. All right, so. Uh, yeah, actually, you know, I, I really thought the pitching yesterday was, was just super important. A lot of fringy starting pitchers. I even broke them down like I do over the weekend to part one, part two, and part three and deep leagues. So I'm going to go through all of those fringy starting pitchers and you're going to tell me who you want. Uh, and before I do that, you want the draft app on your phone. You want to be playing either on your phone or on draft.com. And you want to be using the promo code FB today to get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. You can also compete against me, Big Kane 2, and you will automatically follow me. FB today is the promo code. If you use that code, you will automatically follow me on draft. So draft's awesome. Daily fantasy baseball or golf or hockey or basketball or football. There's a lot of stuff you can play. On the draft app. Uh, I love daily fantasy football, by the way. I can't wait to start talking about that. Uh, and you can get, you can play for cold hard cash. You do a draft every day or as often as you want, multiple times a day. Drafts start at just one dollar. There's a draft out there for everyone. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've been noticing that hitting is really the most important thing on the baseball drafts. As long as there's not one or two truly elite pitchers that are so much better than everyone else, I recommend waiting on hitting, unless you're playing against me, then take pitching really early and I'll take all the hitting. Um, but that seems to be the best way to score points. It's just really fun. Uh, you love doing snake drafts. You love playing fantasy baseball. You love playing on draft. Use the promo code FB today and join me. Big Kane 2. Follow me there with the code FB today on draft. All right, so let's do all this. Oh, wait. Quick news item. Toronto has discussed promoting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to AAA within the next month. What the heck? According, what the heck? <laughs> according to John Morosi. Finally. There are you. The Blue Jays have discussed promoting Vladimir Guerrero. Okay, here we go. Two AAA at some point in the next month. What the heck is that? It's what stupid. the heck? And, it's stupid. And just speculation from CBS Sports baseball writer Matt Snyder. He thinks they will take the Chris Bryant route. He says they have no reason to promote Vladimir Guerrero this year. They're not contending. So save his service time and promote him at the beginning early 2019. Just extremely, extremely short rant. This is stupid. Baseball needs to fix the system. It is I don't, stupid. But like that hardly ever teams, happened. 
Teams should not. No, teams are always incentivized to not call up their best players. Where we got more than we got two thirds of the season to go, and he's hitting over 400 in the minors. Like the Chris Chris Bryant, he's dominating. But we're going to wait until next year. That's more the exception than the rule. This is the skewed incentive system that baseball has set up, and they're just taking it to its logical conclusion. They are incentivized to not call him up. So why would they? It's absolutely logical that they should just not call him up. There's no point. No, there's plenty of point. No. Like, he, he, no, there they is. need to further there his is. development. Like, yeah, there, he's clearly too good for the minors. I'm going to make a prediction, too. I'm allowed to do that. No. I still think he's going to be up in the majors within the next month. How do you like that? Okay. Yeah. Hold, hold on to Vladimir Guerrero. I did I not give you permission to make a prediction, Scott, just so you know, but that's fine. I think they're being silly. We'll allow it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, if we don't really care about defense, but if they really don't think that he's ready that's defensively, stupid. no, it's not stupid. stupid. It's, it is. Why? Bad defensive players play for every single team yeah, in the but, but this including is, this the is Toronto Blue Jays. Your top prospect, like, you need time to let cool, him develop but, and like, be you ready. Can de- you can't develop your defense in the majors? With the I, better coaches and the better... It's not like, fair to the pitchers. That is... Oh. No, I, I think weep it's legit. For, weep for Marco Estrada, who <laughs> may have one extra ground ball go through the left side of the infield every five games. Uh, I weep for Aaron who Sanchez. No, I weep for Marcus Stroman. It's dumb. That it's, is not a legitimate reason to keep is. this guy down. It there is. is no legitimate reason to keep him down except for economics. That's the only thing that's in play here. Defense. If they could call him up, and have the exact same service time they would if they called him up next April 19th, they would do that. Defense That's the wins only consideration being made here. Defense wins championships, Chris. You know that. All right. Um, all right, here, all right okay, let's let's just get this out of the way. Nate Jones pitched in the eighth yesterday and was bad, and then in the nightcap of the doubleheader, Soria got the save. I continue to have no interest in that bullpen. But, all right, Fernando Rodney got a save. He has yeah. given up one earned run in his last 14 appearances. I have in my hand the most disgusting snack of all time. I had to order 20 peeps because you can't just oh, get one. Can't <laughs> you can forward the rest to me. There's no way to order a reasonable amount of peeps, which is zero. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I'm so not looking forward to eating a peep on the air right now. And my wife was like, don't you like marshmallows and sugar? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. that just shows you how the lowest quality marshmallow how and bad the lowest peeps quality are. sugar. Oh, oh God. come on. Oh, it's, it's all over my hands. quality sugar. Am yes, I doing this now? And like, how are there really different? No, you gotta eat it all at once. You gotta, you gotta put oh, the that, whole thing in there. Geez, this geez. is my thing, cause oh, I'm not Adam, like, tear the bandage off. Don't, I, I need to see that whole thing. I can't do that. I'm watching you. <laughs> oh, jeez. God, peeps <laughs> suck. Hey, you know what? You know what? This is not as bad as I thought. Exactly. There you go, Adam. <laughs> but like, it's not that's good. the thing, like, peeps. It's not like I'm Peep's number one fan. Yeah, it's you not are. like it makes makes or break my breaks my Easter having uh, a Peep. But it's a sugar covered marshmallow. It can't be nearly as bad as people make it out to be. I, all right. It's not as bad as I remember. Finish it. I am. It's not even halfway done. Oh, there you wow. go. Trouble. There you go. So worry you like that gritty feeling on your tongue? <laughs> no. So much texture. Yeah, that's what I look for when I when I eat food. Something scraping my tongue. All right, so well, it's not painful. It's not sandpaper. Oh God, it's got it's just an a little. Aftertaste. It's just a little, uh, little texture. Jeez. Don't you don't you want to feel like you're eating a mushy banana covered in sand? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fringy starting pitchers. 
tell me who you like. Only two pitchers owned in 65 to 70% of leagues that went yesterday that are worth talking about. Kyle Freeland, Fernando Romero. Do you want these guys on your team? I want Fernando Romero on my team. Well, Kyle I can't Freeland. make sense of Kyle Freeland. Yeah, I, I think he's okay. But obviously, it's hard to know exactly when to start him, and he's certainly not must-start. So, uh, I could probably, in most leagues, I can probably do better. You know who yeah. hates Fernando Romero? Brooksbaseball.com. They just don't have him. They refuse to have Fernando Romero. I, so I'm trying to see if he's throwing more pitches. I, I watched the White Sox Twins game yesterday, this Ronaldo Lopez Fernando Romero matchup. Uh, I watched like three innings. I'm on his page right now. What? I'm, yeah. Am I spelling it wrong? No. I, I don't know, but uh, I'm looking at it. Fernando Romero, Minnesota Twins. Uh, I, I've so tried I link. like all the he's time. Not, he's not showing up in the search box for me, Adam. Okay, good. So. I search for his name and it says there are no matches. Yeah, that's exactly what I see. Well, yeah. I just sent you the link. Well, give me his arsenal. Give me his arsenal because I think he's really a two-pitch pitcher and that scares me. He throws his four-seam fastball and his sinker a combined 61.6% of the time. He throws his slider 27.4% of the time and his changeup 10.9% of the time. So he's a two-and-a-half-pitch pitcher. All right. Uh, Fernando Romero will keep. Fringy starting pitchers part two. Junior Guerra, Nate Evaldi, CC Sabathia, and Reynaldo Lopez. Junior Guerra, Nate Evaldi, CC Sabathia, and Reynaldo Lopez. I can't get excited about any of these. I know Junior I, Guerra's ERA is low, but like him and Ulysse Chassin are performing a similar trick here where it makes no sense to me. Well, Guerra does have 56 strikeouts and 60 and a third. Maybe he's just. It's not bad. Yeah, they don't That's let him go. Bad. They don't let him throw a hundred pitches. So maybe it's one of those. You know, he's good twice well, through the order. I'm not sure. Like, remember when he first uh, emerged on the scene? I guess it was two years ago. It was like the splitter. Oh, look, this guy has this fantastic splitter. No wonder he's, uh, you know, a 28 year old rookie or whatever who's catching the league by surprise. Like, he doesn't throw a splitter anymore. Not very often, anyway. So it's not that that's carrying him. I don't know what makes him good. Okay. I think I'm more interested in two different guys in the next tier than anybody in this one. All right, yeah, so um, so that was Guerra, Evaldi, Sabathia, and Lopez. We're not that interested. Fringy starting pitchers part three, 30 to 49% owned. Marco Estrada, Jose Arana, and Jordan Lyles. You're interested in yeah. two of them? I think so. I, I think I'm in, about as interested in Jose Arana as I am in Nate Evaldi who is the most interesting pitcher in the previous group, I think. And I am probably, I think I'm more interested in Jordan Lyles than anybody that we've talked about recently. Like in this. Well, he, he basically like lost me a week yesterday. Like there's, I have no chance now. Uh, eight runs on 11 hits yeah, and four and third. I, I, I'm not so sure about his stuff. And he's been bad on the road too. He's got two starts next week. They're both on the road. All right. Tell me why you like Jordan Lyles. Uh, before this start, he had a 360 RA coming uh, as a starting pitcher. He's throwing harder. We've seen improvements in his. I think it was Scott. Is it his his curveball? Yeah, has been improved this year. Um, Which they were saying on the broadcast he didn't throw much yesterday. I'll see if that's true. 
they just didn't like that would that would kind of explain why he was so bad if he wasn't throwing his the pitch that's helped him turn his uh yeah he only threw it 10 times in 66 pitches he usually throws it about 25 percent of the time so he just it looks like he just didn't have it but we've seen enough interesting stuff from him the strikeout rate as a starter has been really good um he's getting a decent number of swinging strikes like not i don't think any of these guys are better than i don't know a high threes era like i think jose arena's best version probably sees him landing with a 3-9 era and a 8 and 14 starting record uh but that to me is more interesting than what you're likely to get out of Reynaldo Lopez or CC Sabathia. Okay, of course. I mean, you see what they—they they pitch for two terrible teams, right? And that hurts. Yeah, I think that would be enough for me to prefer Sabathia, frankly. Even if I think maybe Lyles is a more skilled pitcher at this point. Now, um, Sabathia, I, uh, yeah, Sabathia's lined up for two starts next week, but it's a weird week because one of the two games. Against the Nationals is a, res, a you know resuming resumption that's the word right of the delayed game from last month, so I think he has two starts, but I, actually I don't think he has two. I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure which of those two Nationals games is uh, is real and which one is just going to be like four innings. <laughs> um, so that that might influence your decision. Just if you're playing week by week, it's the Nationals in Tampa Bay, or it's just the Nationals for Sabathia. It's a big difference, right? I also need to correct something. My Gara take was outdated. He actually has featured his splitter uh, between 15 to 20% of the time his last three starts. So if that's back, it makes him a little more interesting. All right. And by the way, uh, for Jose Urania to finish 8-14, and 14, he'd have to go 7-7 seven and seven rest of the season. Because <laughs> that dude is 1-7 and seven right now, despite really being pretty solid since opening day when he got crushed by the Cubs. And in deep leagues, you want any of these guys? Jason Vargas, Alex Cobb, Anthony DiSclefani, Stephen Wright, Brad Keller, and is there one more? Yes, Zach Eflin. Vargas, Cobb, DiSclefani, Stephen Wright, Brad Keller, Zach Eflin. So DiSclefani was at Coors, right? No, home. No? Okay. So that's that's a disappointing uh, first start, but it's also, it's been a rough ride for him over the last couple of years, so... I think you can give him a pass. I think he's interesting. I'm not necessarily sure he'll be good or healthy, but we've seen flat enough flashes from him that I want to keep an eye on him. I'm not saying I want to start him, but I definitely want to keep an eye on him. I think Stephen Wright's interesting, except for the fact, like, it, it probably isn't going to be a long-term DL stay for Drew Pomeranz, but 7-2 hit innings yesterday... Uh, has a 157 ERA and seven total appearances, most of them in long relief. And this was, guy was an all-star in 2016 with a 13 and six record at a 333 ERA. There's just, there are no knuckleballers in baseball anymore. So that pitch has to be like such a shock to the system for any hitter who faces it. Yeah. I think I, it's a real advantage for right. That's exactly what Detroit said yesterday. You know, they just didn't have any, many guys who had seen a knuckleball. And they really struggled. Seven scoreless, as Scott said, on two hits, three walks, six strikeouts for right. Okay, um, so some more stuff to get to. Let me go through some of the news and notes. Jordan Montgomery is out for the season. Domingo Armand will stay in the rotation. But, alright, here we go. Scott, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some prospect thoughts. 
See what you think. Okay. First of all, I think Justice Sheffield could be up second half. Mm-hmm. Or, maybe even more likely, the Yankees trade Clint Frazier for a starting pitcher. And Clint Frazier becomes a regular player somewhere. Well, where is he going to play in Texas's outfield? Yeah, he's going to play center for Delano to Shields. <laughs> I, I think both of those sound plausible. It's, I would be, I would be surprised if the Yankees didn't trade for another starting pitcher. I don't know. I don't know if they're willing to use Frazier to do that because, you know, a guy like Brett Gardner is not going to be a starting outfielder for long. They have, they have a talent rich system though. And uh, they'll be able to pull something off. Yeah. And uh, Justin Turner expected back from a sore wrist today. Julio Tehran's on the DL with a thumb contusion. Scott just mentioned that Drew Pomeranz is on the DL with biceps tendonitis. Now, the Red Sox are calling up Jalen Beeks to make his MLB debut tomorrow against Detroit. And he's got great minor league numbers. This is probably just a spot start, though, for Jalen Beeks. Yeah, but I I think they're... Their rotation got kind of out of order with Pomerantz going on the DL, so he's actually, even counting right, Beeks is entering as a sixth starter. So I'd be surprised if it isn't one and done, no matter how well he performs. But yeah, the minor very, league numbers. very interesting minor league numbers. Yeah, he's got like 80 strikeouts and 50 innings or something this year. Albert Pujols yep. will be out with knee soreness until at least Friday. Jamer Candelario left with a jammed finger. Texas released Tim Lincecum. Addison Russell needs an MRI on his finger and... I think Ben Zobrist might be the guy who benefits the most from this, guys. What do you think? Because that's what it was yesterday. Hap sat, and Baez played short, and Zobrist played second and led off. I mean, Zobrist looks like a good player again. Yep. It's just a question of playing time. Right. And if there are fewer, if there are fewer competitors, that, that, that definitely helps his case. And Baez is probably the only one of those guys that they would trust to play shortstop for an extended period of time, right? Yeah, yep. I'd say so. But that guy is such an awesome fielder. He has this flair that it's just, he's amazing. I love, I actually love watching him play defense. Yeah. Uh, man. All right, but sorry. Brian McCann expects to return on Friday. Eric Thames will begin a rehab assignment today. Do you think the Jesus Aguilar ride is just about done? I actually don't. He's been better against righties than lefties this year. Uh, actually, that's not true. But he has a, an OPS over 900 even <laughs> against righties. And uh, I'm not convinced he isn't a better hitter than Eric Thames. Dude it, can hit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I, I think I think both are probably better than the current version of Ryan Braun. I know both are better than the current version of Domingo Santana. And Thames obviously can play the outfield. That's why I bring those two up. So it'll be interesting to see. Jeremy Hellickson's on the DL with a hamstring strain. Marcus Stroman could begin a rehab assignment this week. Elvis Andrews is eligible to return on Monday. I haven't seen anything that that indicates he will be back on Monday. But it could be pretty soon for Andrews. Carlos Rodon expected to come off the DL this week. Andrelton Simmons left with a sprained ankle. Any interest in Shelby Miller, guys? He could return soon to the Diamondbacks. Mild interest. He was, it's been such a long time, but I remember him doing interesting stuff before, like his velocity was way yeah. up, I think, before the, before the Tommy John surgery. So if he can sustain that, I, I will definitely want to see what he looks like. You Darvish has no timetable for his return. Johnny Cueto expected to return late this month. And Chris Archer is on the DL. It is not expected to be a long stay on the DL for Chris Archer. 
Oh, man, that is some aftertaste. Those freaking peeps. It's Worryometer Wednesday. <laughs> and let's put three players on the Worryometer. I saw something like Dave Roberts not considering demoting Cody Bellinger now. I'm not sure yeah. if I dreamed that or if that was a legit Roto no. World headline. Yep, that was legit. legit. All right, so let's put Bellinger. He did homer yesterday. He batted seventh, though, for the first time. And the 24 games before, he was batting 123. He's been bad this year. Bellinger on the worryometer, 0 to 10. I will give him... I'll give him, like, a 7. Like, I feel like... I feel like, given infinite time, this will work itself out, and he'll be one of the game's elite power hitters. I just don't know that he has infinite time. And if there are already mentioning that they may send her down at some point like that's i'd, I'd want to have a good backup first baseman that's for sure i mean i may just want to start somebody other than bellinger at this point as bad as it's been yeah all right let's uh chris i'll give you this worryometer joey vato zero hey easy now easy now zero. he's got six home runs and nine doubles and one triple in 60 games and he is struggling this is not what we see from Vado usually. He's been really bad against lefties. Batting 200 with a 326 on base, good walk rate, and a 307 slugging percentage. So he's just not doing anything against lefties. So Adam, that, what? That's all, that is all very interesting. Zero. Scott, Joey Vado, worryometer. <laughs> I'll give it like a two. Alright. Okay, so he, he had three hits in his first five games. With a 396 OPS and six strikeouts. In 54 games since then, he is hitting 313 with an 893 OPS. There has not been a lot of power, but like, it's Joey Votto, and he hasn't been bad. No, um. I, it just, the, the track record is way too long. Look, maybe the skills have slipped, and this is something he has talked very candidly about, that he, he can tell his skills Diminish, and he has to make up for it by being even more smart. Even more I just, smart. <laughs> the the track record is too long and too positive, and it's not like he's been bad. He's the number six first baseman in points leagues. And number 14 at Roto. Sure. I, I just, I think he's probably going, if you set the over-under at 18 home runs, which is about what he's on pace for right now, I will take the over. I, I would hope. And I just, he's good. I, I don't know. He like, is. How, what am I going to be worried about with Joey Votto? His if power. The floor is that he... His power, that's all. And and, yeah, and I, I think that sometimes as players get older, and we talked about this with Matt Carpenter, as players get right. older, they struggle against lefties, uh, or if they're lefties. And that's... That could be what's happening. I just, I need more than two months to to be worried about a guy. Like, if my season's going to be wrecked because Joey is only the 14th best first baseman in my Roto League, I guess I have to live with that because there's nothing I'm going to do about it. All right. All right. Hey, I'm not saying I'm worried about him. I'm just pointing out some some stuff here. And how about Carlos Santana? So remember I said Carlos Santana struggles for the entire first half. Don't buy low on Carlos Santana until the All-Star break, basically. And then he had this enormous week. He had like a 40-point week. Really hasn't been very good. He has one home run in his last 17 games, and, and Santana appears to be struggling again. That said, I think he's like the number four first baseman of points leagues because you know he <laughs> he has more walks and strikeouts. Um, yeah. Worryometer on Carlos Santana. Uh, two. 
one. Hmm. Yeah, it's very low like that. It's you know I'm not really worried, so I'll go. I'll go two. All right. Rotation from yesterday: Kyle Hendricks, Patrick Corbin, Sean Newcomb, Carlos Martinez, and an eighty percent owned Joe Musgrove. Kyle Hendricks, Patrick Corbin, Sean Newcomb, Carlos Martinez, and Joe Musgrove. Do you guys have anything interesting to say about those players? Uh, I'm assuming Patrick Corbin's velocity was still down. I haven't seen anything about it. Yeah, uh, it was. He averaged 90 on both of his fastballs. Oh, but he's. I mean, he's continued to be effective for the most part. There, there are. I don't think he's the ace that we hoped he might be in, in April. But what, like, do you like him more than Keuchel? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like him more than, like, T- Tanaka? Oh, I yeah. think that's probably close. I think those are going to be two very similar pitchers. So you like Tanaka better than Keuchel? Yes. Scott, do you? I rank them Corbin, Keuchel, Tanaka. Um, but I still have Corbin ahead of, like, Paxton and Nola. Oh, Actually, that, I, may, I may not. Yeah, I, think I think I moved him behind. I I still have him ahead of like Blake Snell. Yeah, I, I, Blake I, Snell and Trevor Bauer. I think Paxton, Nola, and Snell are all better than him. Um, so yeah. Keiko versus Tanaka. I feel like there's only one category that I would expect Tanaka to be better than Keiko in, and that would be strikeouts. Yeah, but I think they'll probably be pretty similar in every other category. I think so too. I, actually, I'll give I'll give Keiko a lower ERA. Yeah, I, I I do too, but similar. Actually, I don't know. I mean, like, can we really say that about be, Tanaka at this point? I think they'll both be in the high threes range, probably, and they'll probably both get about the same number of wins because they're on very good teams. I don't think the whips will be dramatically different. No, that's a that's I, a strength for Tanaka for sure. Yeah, so I think like maybe Keiko's a little better in ERA, but. The edge in strikeouts probably gives Tanaka the the edge for me. The edge. Have you been listening to the U uh, two channel on Sirius? Uh, no, yeah. I don't have I don't have Sirius. Oh, it's very good, very nice. I'm not joking. I I understand. <laughs> okay, I get your joke now. Um, Framo Reyes homered again. He's 28 percent owned. I think we will save him and some other hot hitters for tomorrow's show, including Nick Williams, who has three homers in his last seven games. Uh, Jason Kipnis is on a nice little run here over his last 10 games. We'll talk about them tomorrow. Uh, let me read some emails. Eric from North of the Border, 10-team head-to-head league. Would you drop Fernando Romero for Carlos Rodon? No. I would not. From Daniel. Hey, Mike, Roger, Andy, and Mariano. Those Losers. sound like losers. <laughs> they are Yankees. Sonny Gray is available. Do I drop Gregory Polanco or Marco Gonzalez for Sonny Gray? I'm okay with dropping Polanco for him, even though I'm very down on Gray. I think you're you're betting on upside with both Polanco and Gray, so it depends on your team needs. I mean, I'd rather have Gray than Marco Gonzalez. Uh, I don't think I would. I'd have an easier time doing that than Polanco. Which Mike do you think Daniel's referring Mussina. to? Messina. That's got to be Messina. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's... From Dylan, from Dylan, is Jonathan Scope done? I have him in a 12-team Roto League, and Delano Shields, Dustin Fowler are available on waivers. What would you do if you're the, the, the Jonathan Scope owner? I'm not dropping. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not for those two. I don't think he's undroppable in like a shallower league though. Do you think that do you think that Jonathan Scope is is due to get really hot and that he's a good buy low candidate? Adam. Yeah, what are you he's trying gonna, to do? He's going <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, he's, he's trying to derail this. Already, oh, I, already relived the Dallas Keiko. No, I mean, come on, like guys get game. hot though. I don't understand what's wrong with that question. I swore <laughs> because of the way my timeline blew up the last time you two went at this that I would not get involved. I'm not get this. Not get. I'm not. Just flip a coin, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. You're not better answering. Days, better days are ahead for Jonathan Scope. Okay. Good. Whether that means that he goes on a hot streak and his numbers end up where they're supposed to be, whatever. I don't think that's better. He will be better than he has been so far. I think his 2017, everything went right for him. Yes. And I think his skill set makes it so everything kind of needs to go right for him to stand out of the deep position. Yeah, but even in 2016, he hit 25 home runs, you know. Uh, right. Yeah. So... Yeah, I would suspect he hits more than 20 homers again this year. Okay. He's not He's not bad. I just don't think he's great either. Sure. Two more questions. Alex from Rapid City is, is Drupal Cabrera droppable? In a no. shallow league. Yeah, like in a 10-team league maybe, but the positional versatility is just so valuable. And he's pretty good. He was in the last 365 days column, and he had – he has like 21 homers and an 850 OPS during that stretch. A shortstop eligible player, triple eligibility in CBS Sports Leagues. Like that, that's, you're probably going to want to hang on to him. It's a nice guy to have around. I will sell him to you in our Roto League as Jubal Cabrera. Make me an offer. This is from Chris from the east side of Edmonton. East side Edmonton. He says, Bumblebee Tuna. In a 14-team head-to-head points dynasty league, I have a middle-of-the-pack team with little chance of winning. I got an offer to give up Justin Upton and get Freddie Peralta in a 14-team head-to-head points dynasty league. Um, I, what do you think? I think you got to do better than that. Like, Freddie Peralta is not a high-probability prospect. And Justin Upton's a borderline stud. I don't know if there are some costs that come into play here that make Upton virtually unkeepable. Yeah. Uh I would think he'd say that if there was. So you got to get a better prospect back for Upton than that. It's cool. not multiple. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you to Scott and Chris. Thank you all of you for listening. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow with a Wednesday recap and some buy or sell on Fantasy Baseball Today. <laughs>